Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast, Monday edition. I'm your host, Ralph Marlborough, and if it's Monday, that means we are joined by Andrew Duge of the Saints Nation. To recap the Saints' victory as they move to 2-4, and four, and Andrew's going to break down the film for us and, and tell us uh, all about it. Uh, Andrew, let's start with the good, okay, because the, the, the defense is historically atrocious in a way that is almost indescribable, but let's start with the good. That quarter that they played, the second quarter, was magnificent, and it was the yeah. 2011 Saints. They returned for a cameo. It was remarkable. It was four touchdown drives of 80, 80, 79, and 72. Um, they did whatever they wanted. The down and distance didn't matter. And the line play was good. And I feel like there is some growth for this offense. I think this offense can get better and get closer to 2011 and maybe Aaron Cromer going back to focusing on the line and focusing on the run game can help it so let's start there how much potential do you see for the offense to get better and maybe play four quarters uh that's I mean they have to right the margin of error we've we've talked about it so small that, that that's the only I think real option to staying competitive in these games at least until the defense starts playing better. So um, that's really the only option. But, uh, no, right now Breeze is clicking on all cylinders. And um, I I really think that is um, when when he gets in that zone, um, which we saw, which we've seen really consistently uh, for the last four weeks. We saw it a little bit in Kansas City until that interception. In Green Bay, he was pretty solid the whole game. Um, and then, you know, we definitely saw it against the Chargers and, and for patches and patches against the Bucks. So, um, you know, I, I think they're really close. And I think the one thing that the Saints have started to do with Devery and Joe Morgan is they find, and we talked about this, we talked about this in previous weeks, and why is the running game struggling so much? Well, it's because the Saints haven't been able to get vertical and they haven't been able to stretch defenses and make them respect um, their vertical passing game. Well, finally, Breeze isn't dinking and dunking the whole game, and he's he's gotten vertical. Um, and I, I, so I think that's actually a really good sign for the running game. And we talked about it. We said, you know, um, if he can just hit one, Joe Morgan one more time or, or Devery Henderson a couple times, um, defense are, are going to start to say, well, shit, we got to put both safeties back. Um, so I, I really think – um, starting this week, you know, starting against Denver, um, teams are going to start respecting that more. And I think you'll see not only the passing game improve, um, but, but teams start to respect the pass, which will in turn make the running game better. So I, for me, that, that's a really good sign. Yeah. Offense. Joe Morgan, he almost hit another one. I mean, it would have been a spe- it would have been a spectacular catch. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. It would have been a spectacular catch, the second one. But like you say, it just matters that it, it, it doesn't – it's great that it happens, but just the possibility that it's more, more likely to happen than not if a team doesn't protect against it is what matters. Um, yeah, no, I told you – I think mm. I tweeted you or texted you on the second bomb to Morgan – that I didn't even care that he didn't catch it. It was the message that it sent. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's it's just making the defense have to think about one more thing, and they're just like, okay, we need to account for this, and yeah. all all you've got to do is put that semblance of doubt in a in a de- in a defense's head that can we cover this guy deep if we put a man to man or put the safeties in the box, and it, everything it's like dominoes, man, and and everything starts clicking from there. Yeah, and also on a positive note, they look they they struggled in the second half. They got gifted a uh, they got gifted a, f- a touchdown by Greg Schiano doing the stupidest special teams thing I think I've ever seen, and it was worse because it was on a fifty yard field goal. You know, which I I mean Andrew, that's semi defensible if. It's the end of the game, and Garrett Hartley's lining up for a chip shot field goal, and Greg Schiano's like, well, fuck, it's a 20-yard field goal. i got to roll the dice. i got to try something. Then it's defensive. It was a 50-yard field goal. It's on grass. Let him kick it, for God's sake. But he gifted the Saints a touchdown. But in spite of all that, they, they looked fantastic in the second quarter, Andrew, without Jimmy Graham. So to me, if you combine the fact that they didn't have Jimmy Graham and they hit bombs, there's growth potential for this, for this offense. Um, which I think is a good sign going forward, and I may have to uptick my win total from like five and a half to six and a half. But that's the good, Andrew. Uh, the bad is um, this defense. Uh, to all the people that emailed me and got on me on Twitter, angry who dad who has a great blog, we love him. Look, just because the Saints win doesn't mean this defense isn't atrocious. And to me, Andrew, this defense has one goal going forward. Stop being the worst defense in the history of football, which currently it is. When you say literally it's the worst defense in the history of the NFL, you're not just saying that and looking for an action. It's actually true. Um, this defense, where, where do you start? I mean, the secondary was actually well, – First of all, Ralph, they're not – the Saints aren't winning. They're, they've yeah. lost four or six games. So, I mean, if you're looking at the sample size and you got – look, the defense has been consistent. They have been consistently horrible in giving up huge chunks of yardage every week. And so spread out over six games, it adds up to four losses so far. Yeah. So I'm just saying right now you're losing 67% of the time with that defensive output. So to me, I, I don't really feel like you can say it does not matter when – I mean, look at this. You can't look at the two wins. You got to look at, at the, the whole picture. And it's not like they've played pretty good some weeks and bad other weeks. They they've been consistent. The defense, yeah. to me, has had the same output every single week this season. And once again, what we're talking about is they've lost four of six. So um, I don't see how you can't say that the Saints are, are losing. They are losing. They've yeah. lost four of six, and defensively. They've got. I think that's you know basically what it's going to take is a miraculous performance by Breeze and a very small margin of error for for the offense for that team to even have any chance. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. They they 
you, you can't expect you can't expect Drew Brees to go for three hundred and four and a half and look at what he look looks what looks look at what's happened to them, especially to me the first three weeks where Washington Drew Brees was pretty bad. Carolina he was he was okay, it was like a B game, but he had the bad the horrible pick six. Um you know, Kansas City, he threw the interception, and they sort of spiraled down the fourth quarter. But, but Andrew, what's going to happen when the – you know, I'll tell you what's going to happen when, when, when Drew Brees goes and has a game where he throws three touchdowns and two picks. Saints are going to lose by two scores. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think it, with the possible exception of Aaron Rodgers, I think that if the Saints had any other quarterback on planet Earth, they're in six right now. I think it's important for us Ooh, to realize that's that. That's a good – that is a without, that is a, without Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, the Saints are currently zero and six with any other quarterback on planet Earth. No, that that's a great point. I wish I would have thought. I, I wish I wish I would have thought of that. I could have got three times the negative email I did for my Monday column for Channel Four. But I mean, you know, but but where do we start? Where do we start with this defense? I mean, they can't cover. I mean, Tampa was thirty-one. Throwing the ball. Josh Freeman threw for 420. And, Andrew, at least for portions of the Green Bay game and against Phillip Rivers, you were like, man, that's a tough throw. Tampa, they guys running wide open. It didn't look hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no secret um, that they, they throw to Vincent Jackson and Mike Williams, and that's it. Um, that's that, that's really the only guys they go they throw to. And if you look at the statistics going into that game, um, they combined those two players combined averaged uh, kind of over 50%, I believe, of the team's reception. So really, they had no one else to throw throw to. And so um, you know, Underwood catches that first touchdown, and you say, okay, well, you know, obviously the Saints are not very deep at defensive back, and you know, what what are you going to do? You know, they, they've got to cover they've got to cover the uh, the Mike Williams, the Mike Williamses, and the uh, Vincent Jacksons, but uh, for Jackson to have the game he had was just deplorable. I mean, it, every time he drops back to pass, we know where the ball is going, and the Saints just flat out could not stop it. They couldn't stop it. No, and and let's and let's you know for all the credit we give Malcolm Jenkins for chasing Vincent Jackson down, let's be honest. If Vincent Jackson didn't have a hurt calf, he'd have scored probably. Yeah. Um, but get- yeah, no doubt. And, and look, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is a big part of the problem with his coverage on the back end. Um, but Roman Harper even more so. Um, Patrick Robinson is having a miserable season. Corey White not getting it done. So there, there's just – Where's Johnny Patrick? Right now, there's really, really bad coverage back there. And when you when you add a, a non-existent pass rush to that, it's just there, – there's no, there's no fixing this. Where's Johnny Patrick? He – he's – is he hurt? Is he banged up? I mean, at this point, I'd rather see him than Corey White. Yeah, that's the one thing. You know, we talked about how uh, Spags has done a good job of, like, mixing his players, mixing his players up. He's done that on the defensive line. In fact, uh, Akeem Nix and Tom Johnson played more than Ellison uh, and uh, Roderick Bunkley this week at defensive tackle. So, you know, he's still mixing it up. But the one place I feel like he hasn't mixed it up uh, he's even playing Issa abdul more at safety and putting Roman Harper at nickel linebacker. So, he, I mean, he's trying everything. And, and certainly every linebacker on the roster has gotten some playing time. So, 
Um, the, the only thing he hasn't messed with is Corey White and Nickel. Um, he hasn't run Albert Mack out there, and he hasn't run Johnny Patrick out there. And I'm with you. At some point, those guys need to at least go out there and try. Yeah. And they need to attempt something else because Corey White has been a disaster. Yeah, I mean, just this defense, they – they they didn't get shoved they didn't get shoved around against Tampa which is good because I felt like if Tampa could have run the ball for 200 yards they would have done it um, so I guess that's a plus but this this defense is you know Andrew they were down 21 Tampa went touchdown 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 and you know Tampa is no great offensive team and they play look they play they play Denver coming up. With Peyton Manning, I know his his arm's not as strong as it was, but I don't see any reason why Peyton Manning shouldn't be able to do whatever the hell he wants against the Saints. And you got then they have Philly, which at least with the Eagles, you have the potential that Michael Vick, if the Saints could some kind of way get to him, that he's prone to fumbles and Philly is prone to turn the ball over. Yeah. Mix in yeah, the but look what mobile quarterbacks have done to the Saints yeah. so far this year. Yeah. Well, you mix in the Monday night crowd and it's it's possible, but I mean I, I just the thing is with this defense is you know, they say, well, pe- people will say, well, they won the game, so the defensive problems it's quit quit bitching about them. But to me, and, and you know, it's like they made the plays when they had to. Okay, that's fine. But let me ask you something, Andrew. If I told you before the beginning of a ye- of a year of football, you know, and I said, look, for the Saints defense, you can you can have three choices. You can be number one against the run. You can be number one against third down. Or you can make the plays when you have to make them. Which one of those three do you choose? I would pick number one on third down because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, the make the plays when you need them kind of assumes that you're coming up with turnovers at crucial stages. So, I mean, obviously, if they do that consistently, I'm going to take that. But I feel like that's too vague of an option for me. So I think the most appealing one for me is um, getting off the field on third down. Because if they do that consistently, um, then, yeah, I realize I'm putting myself at the risk of them getting gashed on first and second down consistently. Um, But, uh, you know, I think that that's what the defense was good at last year. You know, they, they didn't really, they didn't get turnovers. They gave up big chunks of yards, but that was the one thing last year the Saints were very good at on third down was getting off the field. And if they can at least do that, then they're giving their offense another possession and, um, you know, get they're getting stops. And so if you're, if you're guaranteeing these stops, which means um, the offense gets another chance, gets another possession, um, then that's that's what I'd want. Yeah, I mean, and I would take number one because I think if you can stop the run, it can help everything in your defense. But my point is, look, stats aren't the end-all, be-all, but if you can do one statistical thing very well on offense or defense, that's a consistent thing that you'll have week in and week out. But this thing of we make the plays when we have to make them, well, that's all well and good until you don't. I rather have something that something that the defense could do well that you could hang your hat on every single week, even if they stunk in the back end or they couldn't create turnovers. At least you could say, well, nobody can run on us. You know, they don't do 
They don't do anything. That's the problem with this defense, Ralph, is they don't do anything well. There is literally not (laughs) one thing you can point to that they do even at a mediocre level. And when you look at it that way, um, basically an offense can call any play, and they can do what they want. And it doesn't matter what they call. It's pretty much going to work. And that's the way it's been all season. And I don't think you can look – look, that fourth down, that's – that, that that four that, that chase down by Malcolm Jenkins and then the goal line span, it was awesome. It was amazing. But it was an aberration. The Saints have not not been good in short yardage situations this season. And that for me that was a fortunate um that there was a very good set of four downs and, and they the Saints did a great job on the interior of, of stopping the run three straight times and then expecting the pass and making a stop. So, you know, credit where credit is due but they have not done that consistently. The only thing the Saints have done consistently for six games now, so we're, this is a very good sample size. I mean, a game's only 16 seasons long, so we're, we're more than a third of the way there. And through more than a third of the season, we have seen this defense consistently get gashed in the run, get beaten for huge chunks of yardage in passing plays, get no semblance of a pass rush whatsoever, a complete inability to create turnovers. So what does that leave you with? Surprise. It leaves you with a 2-4 and four record despite having Drew Brees at quarterback, arguably the best in the NFL, arguably the best offense in the NFL. Maybe not this season. Maybe they've regressed a little bit. But at least, and, and despite all that, it leaves you with a 2-4 and four record and the worst defense in NFL history. Yeah, no, and look, you know, I saw on a Tampa website they criticized Greg Schiano for the play calling down at the goal line. I was like, what What do you mean play calling? He looked at the Saints defense and said, I'm going to jam it down their gullet for a yard, and I'm going to get this touchdown. Why wouldn't – if I was him, I'd have ran it again. And, yeah. and the, odds of the, the odds of the Saints stuffing a team cold on four straight running plays, you know, I, I think if, if anything, Tampa overthought it. Um, but you know, yeah, like what's you, amazing is they ran behind Carl Nix on all yeah. of his plays. That's yeah. shocking. But it does bring me to my next point: is I want Hakeem Hicks in the game. I just, I, I maybe I'm grasping it on, at a star, or you can tell me if I'm wrong, Andrew. But I just, I want to see him playing. I want to get an answer and. On another note, you can dis- discuss that first. And then, did I see Junior Gallette make a couple of stops on running plays? Yeah, you absolutely did. <laughs> he played the run pretty well. Oh, my God. And uh, I, actually, I actually thought Gallette kind of had a pretty complete game for defensive end. And that's the first time I've really seen him do that so far this season. Uh, I think he did it maybe once or twice last year, but it's the first time I've seen him this year kind of put it all together. And so that that's really encouraging for him. Um, and look, Akeem Nix is kind of one of the more high-energy defensive tackles they have right now. But let's make no mistake. I mean, he's not Cedric Ellis the way Cedric Ellis was his rookie year and his second year in the NFL. He's not a dominant player. Um, so I don't think, you know, or at least he's not yet. Um, you know, maybe he'll put it all together. But right now I do kind of think Akeem Nix, at least from an effort standpoint and from just freakish athleticism, um, kind of has a leg up on, on the rest of the team. Um, but for me, the defense, I, I think it's a combination, and I, I still stick to my theory that 
they're gun shy from bounty gate. Um, and you know, I think that there's this whole situation, this whole bounty gate thing has turned them a little soft because of fear of repercussions of a system that was in place that most of these players were involved in. Yeah. And secondly, I think when you, when you add that on top of a new scheme with a defensive coach, that's not nearly as intense. I mean, which coach is as intense as Greg Williams? We don't face it. Nobody is. He is the most intense. So no matter who you hire, it was going to be a drop-off in intensity. Yeah. Um, but I think a new scheme, a coach that's less intense, and the vast majority of the players being the same um, and a little bit gun-shy is what this is all adding up to. And so I, I just think if it's going to be like that, then I'm with you. Then, it, you know, you need to start playing a key mix. You need to start playing younger players that are hungry and fearless and and roll the dice, you know. Well, the thing is, I, uh, how many? It's been six years with Cedric Ellis. I know what he is. He's average at best defensive tackle in the NFL. I mean, that's what he is. It, it, well, he wasn't though. That's the thing. He wasn't his first three years in the league. I don't know what happened to him, but um, you know, the last couple of years he's gotten fat and happy, and his performance has just dropped off immensely. I mean, go back and look at his stats. He was getting as a passer. I mean, he had six sacks one year, four sacks another year. I mean, and now it's not even like, okay. I mean, sacks is an arbitrary thing, right? Because sometimes you get to the quarterback just a fraction late. You don't get a sack. Yeah. Like Will Smith is doing that some this year where he'll hit the quarterback. He doesn't get a sack, but you're like, okay, he had good pressure there. But but Cedric Ellis is not doing that at all. Like he, he, I don't think he's even had a quarterback hit this year. I mean, he has been pathetic. I mean, he's useless. Yeah, I mean, but what, whatever it is, Andrew, whatever he was, I, I just worry about what he is. And he's after yeah, it's this, gone forever. Yeah. After the, after this year, he's not a Saints player anyway. He's he's no. not he's not the future of the Saints. Akeem no. Hicks might be, you know. So that's that's my point there. Um, You know, as you look at this team, you, you, as you said, look, you got six weeks. We know what the defense is, and, and we, we talked about there's some growth, growth for the offense. Um, but now they're going to get Joe Vitt back. Is there sort of the possibility or the hope that this running game could get fired up? Because I think if the running game can get ignited a little bit, I think it could help them on defense. Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, Cromer will go back to his duty of being an offensive line coach, and that is what he's good at, and by all accounts, he's one of the best in the NFL. So I, I do think that that will have some impact on the running game. I also think the Saints need to – I don't know what's wrong with Ingram – but Ivory needs to get in there, and he needs to get in there now. And I know he's he's got fumbling issues, and maybe the Saints don't trust him, but they need to get over that and at least try it because right now Ingram isn't cutting it. He's just he's not he, for whatever reason he you know. And sometimes the holes aren't there. Other times the turf is tackling him all on its own, and other times he's just not being that powerful, you know. And, and Pierre Thomas is getting some of the same runs, and you know you're at least seeing him finish off runs well and show effort and power. But Ingram has just had a really miserable season. 
Um, so and and you know to his credit, he did have a third and short that he converted, and I, I do feel like he has been decent on third and man in third and one. Yeah. Third and very short. That that's probably the one area he has been decent at this year, which which has hurt his average. So I mean, let you know, let's be fair with Ingram too, but. Um, I'd like to see a change there, um, at least at least to just try something new. Um, but no, at the end of the day, I think that will help the running game some. But I think most of all, I mean, it's going back to what we talked about. I think getting vertical with the passing game is going to help run greatly. And if you can get those safeties out of the box, I mean, that's what Tampa dared the Saints to do early in the game. Those safeties and the the corners were jamming the receivers, playing very close to the line of scrimmage and. Um, I mean, Rondé Barber was practically a linebacker on half of those plays. And what you saw was Debbie Henderson get a couple long long passes. You saw Joe Morgan get a long pass. And all of a sudden, they were like, okay, our defense isn't working. You know, and so um, I, I think we'll see. We'll see if teams keep daring the Saints to throw deep. Um, and, and honestly, if they keep stopping the run and daring the Saints to throw deep, I kind of feel okay with that too. If they want to keep stopping the run and let Drew Brees torch him, it's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, and it, it'll be interesting. It, it'll be interesting this week um, in Denver because um, Denver's defense is not that good. It's it, it's one of those defenses where they they played okay last year and they did some nice things they had Vaughn Miller he had a bunch of sacks but their defense isn't really that good um but it's it's a hard game for me to judge Andrew because part of me thinks my god Peyton Manning's gonna burn burn this defense to the ground and then the other part of me is like well the Saints did beat San Diego so and San Diego and Denver went back and forth in a close game so in theory it, it should be a pretty close game as long as the Saints aren't putting the ball on the turf three or four times um, but if you if you were if you had to predict what the Saints are, we know they're not going to succeed on defense. But if, what are they going to what are they going to try to do against Denver um, to slow Peyton Manning down? Man, this is a tough matchup for this defense because um, you know they they don't get any pressure, and when you give Peyton Manning time. I mean, it's a death sentence. He's he's not a mobile quarterback, so you can get to him if you've got good pass rushers. That um, that that. But you know, he gets rid of the football pretty quickly. But if he knows that he's got some time, sit back there and maybe you know, take his time to go through a couple progressions, find the open receiver. I mean, the Saints are toast, and uh, you know, Denver to their credit runs the ball pretty darn good too. Um, you know, and obviously. Uh, uh, Wilt McGahee has kind of had a resurgence with, with them, and he, he's a solid back. And so um, I, I don't feel very optimistic about how the Saints, in high altitude, which they're not used to, um, are going to do. Um, and, 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 you know, they're going to be second win. And, um, you know, I think, again, it's one of those things where I, I just really <laughs> – I wish I had something good to say, but I really feel like the play call almost doesn't matter. I feel like Carl Smith could go in there, grab the playbook, <laughs> And be like, uh, yeah, this this right that this looks good. Just, just do that, and it doesn't matter. It'd be an eight yard game. Yeah. Game. The interesting thing about Denver is they're three and three, obviously, but they're they're eighteenth against the run. They're ninth against the pass, which is actually better than I thought it was. I I just I felt like, uh, but but then again, they played they, their their schedule. They played the Raiders. 
Um, you know, San Diego's no great shakes. And um Atlanta they gacked the ball up. I think I think Peyton Manning threw four interceptions in the first half. Their rushing game isn't tw- it's twenty third, so you know, Andrew, part of me thinks the Saints may just say to Denver, go ahead, run the ball. Run the ball and 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 burn clock and then you know what? We'll let you get inside the twenty five and then we'll roll the dice and we'll hope we will hold you to field goals. Because I don't know necessarily that, that if you blitz Peyton Manning because they're not going to get there because they don't. Then you have Thomas and Decker. Then you're getting hit for chunk plays. So, I mean, I just it, – it's, it's, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot to be in. If, if, you, if you were Spagnola, what way do you go? Uh, honestly, I, this is one of the first times, Ralph, where I can truly <laughs> say I don't know. Like, I, they're so deficient and so unable to do anything. I mean – it's important for us to realize, you, know, you say, oh, oh, the Broncos are 23rd rushing the football. The Bucks were 27th. <laughs> they were 27th overall. They couldn't they, – up to this point, they have not been able to throw the ball accurately. They had 55% completions, and they haven't been able to run the ball. Their leading rusher was Doug Martin, and I think he had like 3.8 yards a carry going into that game and, and wasn't playing particularly well. So um, – and 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 that team marched up and down the field on the Saints at pretty much at will, so and, and gained 500 yards of offense. So, um, I, we we're, we're talking about a much better offense this weekend, an offense that throws much better, an elite quarterback, and um, you know, at the end of the day, a running game that's superior to what we saw against the Bucks. Um, so. Man, I mean, if, if I'm Spags, literally, I think it just has to go back to um, to feast or famine. You know, it worked yeah. against the Chargers, and, and I think that's got to be the attitude for the rest of the year. Look, no matter what, we suck. So <laughs> you might as well go down in flames and blitz like hell, and maybe every once in a while we'll get to the quarterback. Maybe every once in a while we'll deflect the pass, and it, maybe we'll get lucky, and it'll land in the arms of, of a deep defensive back. They can catch maybe it. Roman Harper won't get screwed out of an interception after a review that clearly shows that he had it. And um, that, I think that's what you got to hope for, because um, you know when, when when I mean we've seen it with Greg Williams. Sometimes when you get a little nutty, um, good things can bounce your way, but. Um, right now, this defense is just not making plays. Everyone across the field is getting beat. Um, Will Smith and, and Cam Jordan can't get to the passer. Defensive line's getting whipped. In the trenches, they're getting whipped. Uh, the linebackers aren't making any plays. Um, and again, and we, we keep saying this, and, and Lofton, I, I thought, actually had a bad game. I thought he was very poor in coverage. Um, but I feel bad for Lofton because he's like the only guy. You know, sometimes, you know, he'll make a running play, he'll make a great read and make a tackle around the line of, line of scrimmage, and you're like, Oh yeah, we do have one guy that can actually make plays every once in a while. <laughs> uh, but uh, man, I mean, it, it, it's just you know, and, and everybody, I, I feel like the one optimistic thing is everyone's saying, oh, maybe Malcolm Jenkins, that play is, is the play that turns the season around and, and the goal line stand. Um, I, I would echo those sentiments if um, directly following that drive, the defense didn't completely implode again. But that's exactly what happened. So. <laughs> 
you know, the statement that that goal line stand and, and Malcolm Jenkins chasing Vincent Jackson down made was, okay, let's start leaking huge, huge plays again. Yeah, well, you brought up a, one, a point that I – you brought up Will Smith. Uh, and look, he's probably – I think the hearing is next week, so he's got one more game maybe, and then he's got to serve his suspension. By the tape you've watched, he's how – saying that, though. I mean, yeah, I know. He's just going to play the whole season. <laughs> How much of his, how much is his suspension? Let's say he plays he plays against Denver and then he has to serve the four games or maybe tags reduces it to two. Uh, how much does that affect the Saints defense? It's hard to say um, because he hasn't been playing that well, but um, he hasn't been a disaster. I feel like you know he kind of gets a bad rep because he. He plays he plays the run okay and he hasn't done a great job of getting into the quarterback. Um but you know, Martez Wilson went in for him a good bit um in this game and he, he just was absolutely mauled. And you know, granted um the Bucks left side and Donald Penn is a huge, huge offensive tackle and you know, Nick's plays next to him and a couple times they double teamed him and, and those those guys are just too big, and Martez Wilson had no chance. I mean, he was just getting absolutely demolished and pancake knocked on his ass. But, um, you know, I, I just don't think there's anyone there. Um, you know, I mean, I guess Turk McBride's the guy you got to hope comes back and can show something. Um, I mean, I don't think any of us really know what Turk McBride has to offer because he's been with the Saints now for a year and a half, and he's had ankle problems the entire time. Yeah. So. Uh, I know he's on the mend, um, so I guess that's 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 what's going to happen. Is you know if uh, Will Smith goes down, it's probably going to be Turk McBride, and honestly, uh, I think Turk McBride's going to be slightly worse um, than than Will Smith was. So uh, it's 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 it doesn't get any better with him being suspended. How did how did Vilma look when you reviewed the tape? You know, it's weird. Vilma didn't play very much in the second half. Um, you know, he played a little bit in the first half and. Um, the most notable plays where he came in on a blitz and hit Josh Freeman, so that was good to see that he actually got a hit on the quarterback because the Saints don't get that very often. Um, he made a nice read on a passing play and was able to get his hand on the ball and tip it and almost came up with a pick. So those were the uh, the positives. Um, and then there was one very negative play where he took a horrible angle on Doug Martin um, on, a, on a stretch play and um, – was just very slow getting to him, and just I just thought he took a bad angle and looked very uh, slow sideline to sideline. So, um, and then you know after that play, after that missed tackle, um, he really didn't get much more action in the game. So I don't know if Spax got pissed off and was like, "All right, you're done." Um, but he looked okay. I mean, he looked very rusty, and he, I don't. I mean, he didn't have a tackle, and that that was one example of a missed tackle. So. Um, I think he was just a little rusty with contact and the speed of the game. But that's to be expected, you know. But uh, I think it was good to see him out there, and at least, you know, he made a couple plays. And, look, um, how many guys on this defense for four quarters um, that are actually playing more than he is or hitting the quarterback or tipping a pass? So <laughs> Point um, taken. You know, he did, for him to do that in limited play time um, was pretty good. And Oh, actually, he did another good thing um, that I noticed on the flea flicker um, you know, that, that went nowhere. Um, or I think Freeman might have ended up scrambling on that play. I can't remember. But um, the Saints did a good job of covering it. And um, basically, the, as soon as the flea flicker came, Vilma did a good job of recognizing it, dropping into coverage, 
And then you could see him directing um, the defensive backs and kind of pointing like, okay, you get him and I'm going to get him. And it was kind of that adjustment on the fly. And uh, that was a moment where I was like, it's really nice to have a guy that's out there that knows what he's doing and is good enough to recognize plays quickly and kind of direct the troops. And I don't know that Curtis Lofton, maybe that's just not his style or maybe he's not comfortable enough yet in the defense. Um, But, you know, in the moment, seeing him bark orders at his players and and players respond to it, and that that ended up being a a well-covered play, um, was one of those examples I thought were, all right, it's nice to have him back. So, um, you know, this is probably the last game he's going to play, but hopefully he gets more snaps this week. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, look, Vilma – was fan, you know, Vilma was fantastic his first two years with the Saints. In '08 and '09, he was he was probably even his best year with the Saints was probably his first year in '08. Yeah, he was tremendous. Yeah. He was tremendous in '09. He was really good, and you know, when the Saints got him, he had a knee issue. And I mean, when I remember when the Saints got him, I was like, man, that's a good that that's a good trade. And if his knee holds up for two years for a fourth round pick, I'll take it. And it held up, but then starting in, ten, in 2010 and 2011, he started having the knee issues we were all worried about. Um, but like you say, I mean, it's just he's a guy that's – he's one of those guys – he just – he's going to lead no matter what. He's just – that's his way. Um, so I almost wish they could figure out a way to get to get him on the field with Lofton and, and play him more and just – I just – I think it's good. I think it's good to have him on the field because he's sort of like – Shanley and that, yeah, Shanley makes, you know, people bitch about Shanley and this and that, but Shanley rarely, if at all, made mental errors. And at least if the Saints defense, Andrew, at least if they aren't making mental errors and fucking things up as far as where to line up and coverages, at least then they have a fighting chance. If you don't even know where you're supposed to be, then you're screwed. You got no shot. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm, I, you know, I, I think, um, uh, I mean, again, I, I just feel like this whole bounty thing has, and has turned them soft, and and maybe it's a problem of motivation, Ralph. And and look, these guys under Greg Williams, who was the defensive coordinator for three years, the backbone. I mean, regardless of whether you think bounty or performance, whatever, we know that the players have admitted to to pay for performance. And we know that every week um, Williams leaned on this system to motivate his players and get them yeah. fired out about fired up about hitting people and and fired up about you know this cash reward they would get if they played angry and pissed off and aggressive. And for three years, all these guys were living under that mantra, yeah. and they were they, that that's that's how they found that 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 fuel to feed their their passion to play the game. And um, not, they don't have that. So I think a lot of these guys maybe are searching for a new reason um, to play hard. And obviously we're not seeing it. I mean, I, I really do think part of it, 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 it's not that they're not trying. It's just that they're getting beat. And I think it's a confidence thing. And yeah. on top of that, I just feel like they're gun shy, you know, yeah. and, and when you're, you don't have time to, to, to think about what you're doing wrong. You just got to go out there and play hard. And I'm hoping Joe Vitt coming back will at least, you know, we know he's a good motivator. We know he's a storyteller. He's a guy that yeah. can maybe get in people's head and rattle some, some 
in cages a little bit. Um, so that's what I'm most hopeful, you know, with Vip coming back is that um, the players respect him. I know they respect him more than they respect Cromer. And he's, he's kind of got not just um, a unit-specific respect. I think he's got team-wide respect. And I think that he, he won't be afraid um, to get in the player's space. He won't be afraid to tell a guy what you're doing is not good enough. And um, I, I don't know for a fact that Cromer feels comfortable going to a defensive player as head coach and saying, you know what, you suck, you're out. And I, yeah. I do believe that Zit has those balls. Oh, yeah. And and um, so I'm hopeful that um, the defense will play with a different passion. Um, and because, look, football is all about motivation. These are grown men, and, and these are guys that are getting paid millions of dollars. And sometimes it's tough to find that. that it's a fine line, man. It's, it's a fine line between playing hard and, and playing just hard, you know, just good enough to get by. Yeah, you know, I mean, and exactly. I think that, that hopefully he changes that. Yeah, and you know the thing is, I think one of the big things, you know, I, you know, I wasn't when we first talked about, you know, you thought the bounty gate thing made him a little soft, and I sort of disagree with you, but I'm coming around to your point of view, and you know, the more that I think about it, football is so much about momentum. I mean, look at the Saints, Andrew; they were down fourteen nothing, and I was like, I. To be honest, I was thinking about pulling up a mock draft on Sunday during the game. That's how bad they looked. But then, boom, 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 the offense got going. It's 14-7. to 7. They get rolling. They build momentum. This defense, Andrew, even when they get off the field, it's usually not because of a sack or a, or a big play. It's usually because the other team got a penalty and they had third and ten and they make the completion and the Saints tackle them just short. You know, the defense needs momentum as much as the offense does. You know, we think of the offense as sort of timing and rhythm and you need momentum. Defense needs it too. You need sacks and big plays and hard hits to get you going. And even when they make a stop and they punt, you know, they don't, I mean, how many big plays does the defense have this year? Three or four? I mean, how many really big plays, you know? And I feel like that's a big thing. And maybe, maybe Joe Vitt can sort of, instill that in them. Maybe they need a guy when they make a play on a third and 15 and the, the team only gets 10 and they're walking off the field. Maybe they need a guy fucking yelling at them, you know, saying, way to go, guys, or chewing ass. And I think Joe Vitt's going to give him a little bit of a boost. But let's get to the, the game Sunday, Andrew. It's Sunday night, uh, NBC national TV audience. Uh, what do you think is going to happen and what's going to be the key to it? Well, I think the uh, Broncos are absolutely going to move the ball at will on the Saints, and I think they will put up points. I think they will easily um, march down the field, um, and I, I think it's going to be the, the only real chance um, for the Saints in this one's going to have to be barn burner style, um, you know, and who knows? I mean, maybe the Saints get lucky and they get a pick six, you know, or you know, I, I think you just got to hope for a mental error from the offense, some sort of mistake, a fumble, um, you know, just a crucial penalty, um, you know, something like that. I, I think it's going to have to be happenstance because it's not going to be um, the defense beating someone. But offensively, like I said, the Saints are scary right now. They're they're starting to click, and I really believe um, we're we're really just um, on the cusp of this running game breaking out. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham, and we don't know what's going on with him, but if he's back this week, um, that makes the offense even more scary. 
And uh, from that standpoint, you know, it's a fine line. You know, if we're talking about the best offense in NFL history and uh, Breeze is on pace to beat his passing record from last year, um, you know, combined with the worst defense in NFL history, (laughs) then uh, all bets are off, man, because then it's, you know, it literally could be, you know, a 45 to 42 um, you know, Louisiana Tech type game. And if you they're watch fun. Louisiana Tech at all this year, uh, they're fun to watch, but, God, their defense is a trip. Well, now, they, the difference there is they at least get turnovers every once in a while. Yeah, well, I will say this. They're, the Saints, I thought maybe a, 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 a arena football game or a whack game was breaking out when it got to 21-21 in the first half, but it sort of it slowed down considerably in the second half. But, Andrew, one of these weeks, the Saints are going to get in one of these games, and it's not going to slow down. They're going to. No, I agree. They're going to have one of these games. It might be this week. It might be Monday night against Philadelphia. They're going to have one of these games this year where you're just going to be like, holy shit. We're going to have to score 50 to win this game. And, you know, it could happen on Sunday night. It wouldn't, you know, say what you want about it, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun as hell. And listen, you know. Uh, the Saints, give them this, it's, if they're going to be bad at something, they might as well be bad at defense, because being good at offense is much more fun to watch. I mean, even though LSU is 7-1, and one, Andrew, um, and they win, they win a lot, so good for them. But I have to say, even at the Saints, at hey. two and four, the Saints are much more fun to watch. I it, no doubt about it. Hey, are you in front of a computer? I am. What's the, what's the weather forecast for Denver in uh, – on Sunday, because that's the only thing I was gonna say. You know, the only thing that may stop a barn burner is is the the out uh, the weather. That's true. Uh, the but conditions. let me see. Let me type in Denver. I thought it was supposed to actually. Somebody told me it was actually supposed to be really cold. Oh. And it's Sunday night. Remember, it's Sunday night. So you know. Let me see. It's pulling it up. Uh, it oh they only go to oh but it is you know you know you're right Andrew I don't see Sunday they they let me see Sunday night partly cloudy thirty two degrees oh so that see now that's the only thing you know and and God forbid if there's a little snow or something where I actually would feel pretty good about that because then it maybe turns the Broncos offense purely due to the conditions, a little bit more one-dimensional. And that may be exactly what this defense means, to focus on stopping one thing. Yeah. And the Saints, you know, the whole outdoor cold, it's not – I mean, the Saints really – they've been okay out in the cold weather, you know. I mean – they played in the Bears in the NFC Championship and struggled, but I mean they they went to New York in the cold weather in '06 and one. They've gone in the cold weather before, and and Drew Brees played at Purdue for God's sakes. He knows how to throw the ball in cold weather. Um, but yeah, it's partly cloudy, 32 degrees. So, um, but Andrew, give me a I, score. That could, that could affect my barn burner theory. It could. It, it definitely affected mine. I didn't. I, I I wasn't even thinking that. But uh, give me a score. I I just have this gut feeling the Saints are going to reel off four in a row, and it's going to be the ugliest four wins you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. Um, and the, the defense is going to continue to be atrocious, but I just have this this feeling the Saints are going to mirror 2007. And uh, you know, I, I, obviously the Saints didn't make the playoffs that year, so even if they go four and four, you know, I, 
it doesn't have a happy ending, but at least it makes the end of the season fun. So based on that, I'm going to say Saints, I'm going to say Saints 37. Yeah. I'm going to say Broncos 34. And I'm going to say that the Saints are down four with 30 seconds left. And Breeze hits Jimmy Graham returning wow. from injury late in the game, in the cold, for a 37-34 win. And Peyton Manning will get get the Broncos with 30 seconds pretty close with two huge passes. <laughs> of course he will. And, you know, and then the field goal will hit the upright and the Saints win. I'm going to say, I don't know a score, but I'm leaning towards uh, the Saints just totally obliterating the Broncos, Andrew. And my reason why is one of these weeks, one game a year, it's all going to come together for the Saints. And they're going to look really good on offense, and they're going to look okay on defense. And I think it might be this week. Not that it's going to last, but you know what, Andrew? If they can go to Denver and look really good and beat the Denver up pretty good, it'll make next Monday night really, really fun. Because next week, everybody will be like, holy shit, the Saints are back. They got Joe Vitt. It's rolling time. And they'll forget for a week that their defense is the worst defense in NFL history. But I like that. I want my inbox full of of 20, 30 angry emails, and I want people attacking me on Twitter telling me how great this defense is, even if it's only for a week. Even if it's only for a week, Andrew. I'm with you, and actually uh, I watched the Sunday night game last week, or this past weekend, and um, last night, and Tony Dungy um, made some comment about how Peyton Manning was licking his chops to play the Saints defense, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And usually every time Tony Dungy dogs the Saints, you, it usually comes back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Historically, he has had a bad habit yeah. of dogging the Saints and insulting them, and they come back and play. Um, so he's got some weird karma thing with the Saints, but yeah. um, maybe that's a bad omen for him and a good omen <laughs> for the Saints. Well, so based on that, I feel I feel decent about your prediction. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I just, you know... I, you know, this, the Saints defense, I think there's a good possibility, Andrew, that it may end up as the worst defense in NFL history. But it doesn't mean that one week they won't hold the team under 300 yards and 30 points, you know, or 25 It has points. to happen, right? It's it like has to happen. They have to be decent at least once, right? One week, it'll, it'll, one week it'll just happen because they'll run into four turnovers. I mean, it just it'll just, you know – so we'll see. And Andrew, everybody go to Saints Nation. You get the grades, get all your, your what to look for, all the great stuff. And Andrew, hopefully the Saints will get to three and four. And next week, we'll talk about the Saints trying to get to four and four and LSU trying to beat Alabama without throwing the ball. Can't wait for that. Uh, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good times. So be well, my friend. For Andrew Juge, I'm Ralph Marlboro. So long. We'll talk to you later in the week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.